2023, the off-season's gone. We've read enough in that chat. Thank God the footy's back on. The P4SS boys are back. For all your NRL super coach chat, we're playing for Sheep Stations. Statman Devo is here. Funny man trainer's back again. There's Guardy and his chin list. And Mark's in the run on side this year. We're playing for Sheep Stations. The lurking tab lady from way out west is sure gonna put our patience to the test. We welcome back our friends of the show, Dane Shooter and Brownie. Okay, let's go. We're playing for Sheep Stations. We're playing for Sheep Stations. Welcome to another episode of the Playing for Sheep Stations podcast. Here with me tonight, I have Mark, uh, trainer, and Garzi. Garzi, you there, mate? Yeah, he's, he's there. He's there. He's, he's giving us a wave, not a visual medium. Uh, and Davo. So uh, we'll, we'll start the pod this week by uh, having a look at round one. Uh, trainer, I might go to you first, mate, because uh, I don't think anyone panicked more than you did. And uh, trust me, I'm a panicker. I know. If someone was uh, panicking, you'd you'd recognise it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but the Pele panic. Come on, trainer. Tell us, tell us, tell the listeners what happened there. Uh, well, before I get into the Pele panic, I'll just go through the the boring part, the disappointing part. Uh, thousand and sixty to kick off the season. I think about eleven fifty was probably closer to par. Um, so sitting. In thirty three thousand and eighty eighth overall, but that's only round one, so no big deal really. Um, the Chooks and the Titans, I was really banking on uh, a bigger performance from those pair. The Cowboys as well, to an extent. Um, yeah, was really really hoping for some big scores. Some of those players they've let me down a fair bit, uh, especially Captain Teddy and Egan Butcher getting friggin' sin binned. Uh, Tanner Boyd was a bum. And then, of course, Cam Pereira wasn't cited the whole game. Um, but, yeah, pretty well. I'm pretty happy with, with my squad. Um, not too many dramas. Uh, see all the research in the offseason. definitely paid off. But, yeah, there was a bit of Pele panic. Um, on top of that, I flicked forward to Stimson, which I'm not sure if I'm disappointed about that yet. We'll just wait and see. Stimson was okay. He played 80. So not the worst, um, but yeah, Kevy getting Stimson benched. Actually, Stimson looked fatter than me at this stage. I think he was getting prepared to play a lot of minutes in the middle, so he put a bit of beef on. So I think over the next few weeks he might trim up a bit if he's going to get that spot full time and actually be a bit better than what he was. Yeah, hundred percent. And he, yeah, like he he got through the eighty, which is a good sign. He only got forty points, but as I said, the Titans are pretty disappointing. Um, and yeah, he's stuck on the right hand side now instead of playing. Off Foran's left hip, um, which hurt a bit. But yeah, panicked and traded Kepi to Pele when I saw Kepi wasn't starting anymore. Wasn't really interested in him coming off the bench. His PPM was pretty ordinary. And then, uh, yeah, the superstar Pele got nine minutes or something, which was pretty painful. Cheers, Seraldo, you grub. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Solid start. That solid start. We're on. Uh, Garzi, how'd your week go, mate? Yeah, look, Dad, you're not very good. <laughs> full name. <laughs> not good at all. It all started with uh, Thursday night not playing hot good. So, you know, not good at all. It actually has inspired a new little segment around our captain, vice captain chat. We'll actually do a sit first start so Garzi can get it right. Honestly, yeah. You know. Some blokes that I was counting on let me down, same as Trainer. I ended up, I only scored 969, so I couldn't even crack a thousand. It was atrocious. Oh, I didn't know it was that bad. I had an absolute stinker. As the trainer said, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. I went to Core as a freaking pod, and Webster decided that he wasn't going to play him very long. Uh, what else went wrong? Egan Butcher as well for me. Cheese was terrible, honestly. I had a Nass did nothing. Even though they should have just given him that try, even though it touched Josh King, but you know, beggars. Anyway, um, 
I my rank uh, I'm I'm at a solid ranking of uh, sixty seven thousand seven hundred and seventy one. So you know how many are in it? Is that worse than half? There's one hundred thirty five thousand in it. So I'm about pretty. Much I'm just bang above on the half. middle. Yeah, I'm just perfect. above, mate. Don't be, don't be disillusioned. Team. Don't be disillusioned by that though, Guardsy, because I think last year I started about ninety thousandth after the first week. It can change pretty quickly. Like it's exciting to watch how quickly your rank can change right. when all the. Oh, the good I'm news is you should get green arrows this week. I'm not. I'm not week. stressed at all. I'm in the top fifty percent. Means I'm doing <laughs> something right. At school, if I got over fifty percent, I was cheering. So, I'm I'm in the good book still. I'd say, plenty of time to make up. A lot of rounds high left in the seasons. High expectations, eh, Garzi? Yep. Can only go up from here, boys. Very good. All right, Mark. How'd you go? Uh, 1,118 points for the Electric Broncos. I think that puts you in uh, first place of the Shepherds this uh, so far. Nothing to write home about. Still 12,856th position. Um, I love Topgood's performance on uh, Thursday night. Can't believe anyone would not have played him. I would have liked him to make that last tackle. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been good. And I think we've already gone through all the dislikes. I think we've disliked the same thing. I immensely disliked watching Sunday at 4pm and the Roosters stink it up. And then Carperera, five points. You put him in, scores four tries in the trial two weeks out. And did he, he, well, he must have touched the ball at least twice, but uh, that was about it. I think we'll answer that question in uh, in our listener questions that came in because someone asked if he even played. Um, but yeah, bit of a stinker. All right, Davo. Uh, well cooked Angus scored ten eighty five, could have been higher, puts me twenty three thousand five hundred and twenty sixth. So heaps better than last year. That's what I'm looking at. That's about seventy thousand spots better than I was last year. It's the first time in the first round I've cracked a thousand for a long time. Um I don't have a lot of stats this week in this part where I normally have a bit of a stat um for people. But I just want to pose a question to everyone here. It's a bit of a question off the cuff. I didn't tell anyone about it. I want you to predict how many of the top 20 players from this week will still be in the top 20 players after round 10. I'm going to run you through the list 1 to 20. Okay, so bear with me. Uh, Daly Cherry Evans, Ruben Garrick, Campbell Graham, Jermaine Asako, Junior Paulo, Jermaine Hopgood, Wade Egan, Tom Travojevic, Josh King, Harry Grant, Adam Dewey, your favourite Matt Trainer, Jeremy Marshall King, uh, Tohu Harris, Lachlan Ilias scored his highest ever Supercoach score, 85 on the weekend. Can he keep that up? Cameron Murray, Herbie Farnworth, David Fafita, Liam Martin, Mark Nichols, Keon Kaloa Matangi rounds out the top 20. How many of those will still be in the top 20 come round 10? Just to confirm, Definitely. that was. I had that seven. Just to confirm, well, that was Mark can. Nichols' super coach score, not his, you know, batting out of his league score. Mark Nichols' super coach score. <laughs> I can give I you two it... of right now. Jermaine Ozarko, he's he's a lock in. You can lock him in for top twenty, <laughs> superstar. All and, those uh, geniuses are uh, trading him in this week. He's the most traded in player. Can you believe that? Right. Why not? He's a superstar. Best hands in the comp. <laughs> now that he's got those flippers. <laughs> Honestly. So my point being, don't panic. Like, don't feel like you've got to tear your side apart this week. There's some obvious things, like, and some people who you might want to get in. If there's more than four, maybe panic and do one this week, one that really showed you, like, I'm worried about Pele, and I wonder if he's not worth shuffling onto someone else, another cheapie that might have scored okay and got decent minutes. Um, But I wouldn't be panicking too much. You can get another look at someone like Egan Butcher, um, and then if he's going no good, you can go to Jackson Ford next week if he comes out and plays well again. So I don't think it's time to panic. We've got five trade boosts. You can save your trades this week unless you've got heaps to fix, but I don't know. That's just my take on it. All right. Dan, who, what, how did you go? You haven't told us your... Are we doing that? Yeah, Dan, okay. you're part of this. All right. Why are you like this? I'm part-time. Unbelievable. We're gonna to have to edit right. that out. Nice and nice and clearly for the listeners, mate. <laughs> we did we did receive some feedback last week. Thank you for your feedback. Yeah, 
But next uh, time, whoever gets lippy will be on the chin list. <laughs> Thanks, Gazi. You got my You're back, right, mate. Right, I got you. Thanks, buddy. Uh, caught on the Cobo this week. Didn't crack a thousand, so you know, um, I, the only way is up. So I got nine ninety eight. So I got pretty close, but yeah, my big score is still yet to come. Um, so yeah, ranked fifty seven thousand um, four hundred and tenth place. So yeah, some at this point, if the application was due now, I'd be writing one. So I think we all would. I think we all would be. I would decline. <laughs> you show him your socks, Gazi. You just wave that around. That'll be your application. Bingo. Living in the past, mate. Living in the awesome. past. I'll send you a video of my sock drill. Boys, round two is upon us. Uh, teams have dropped. So we uh, will start our analysis of this week's ends games. Starting with the Thursday night uh, at 8 o'clock. The Panthers versus the Rabbitohs. Beautiful. Uh, yep. Panthers and the Rabbitohs on Thursday night. Get to watch this game before I head off fishing for a couple of nights, uh, which will be good. Um, so, yeah, not too many changes for this one. But uh, we do have uh, Eisenhuth coming in for Sorensen for the Panthers. Uh, not a huge deal. He's just going to play, play through the middle the same as Sorensen did. They've still got uh, the gutless or the weak gutted dog on the bench there. Taking minutes off Garner, so that doesn't change too much stuff there. Uh, with the Rabbitohs, Totola is out, and Fafida is going to start in the front row, or name two, but they'll probably do that late change that like they did last week and have Moali swing into the starting lineup, I'd say. Um, Joy Arrow is out for Jed Cartwright. I think he's done a, a hamstring or something. Um, with, yeah, Michael Cheekham named to start, and... He's probably one to keep a bit of an eye on. He's, he's not much of a super coach player, but playing for the Rabbitohs, he played 80 last week, I think. So uh, nice and cheap. Could be one to watch. And old Trell Mitt has a bit of a knee niggle. Um, apparently refused, or they're not sending for scans. Some slight PCL he's been named. But yeah, we'll just keep an eye out. He didn't train today. Uh, was practicing kicking goals or something. So yeah, watch late mail for that one. Barefoot, apparently. Um According to NRL 360. Uh, anyway, uh, Hosking not named either, so he's not even. Eight, I don't think he's 18th man this week, is he? he might, uh, I think no, he's 18. Oh, was he 18? Named man. in 18. This is um, this is a bit of a spicy clash. This one they've got a bit of recent history, don't they? This was the game where the uh, Panthers trainer last year went all Jerome Luai on Jed Cartwright, and they got into a, a war of words and. So it might be a bit of feeling in this one. Hopefully they bash the crap out of each other. And the other. Trell Mitchell's made some comments today about him, I think, too. Yeah, there's cracks in the windscreen or something. So, Garzi, the 6 p.m. game, uh, Parramatta versus the Sharks. The Knights have given up this type of slot, so. Yeah. I feel like I've got a bit of deja vu right now. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> Everyone's favourite winger, Loomy Loomy's out. The chameleon. Don't talk about him like that. <laughs> oh. but, uh, Sean Russell starts on the wing, which everyone will probably think's a better option anyway for Para. And then obviously on the shark side of things, Wade Graham's out for his uh, outstanding hit on Mowali. That was great to see, but uh, unfortunately not allowed. Illegal. So he's uh, out and uh, so is Jack Wombs and uh, Connor Tracy's on the bench, which... Gives them a bit of spark off the bench, hopefully, for the Sharks, because uh, without Nico, they I think they struggled a bit. So it'll be interesting to see how the Sharks back up and Para, because Para probably should have won last week. So I think it'll be a good game. I think, yeah, much both teams will be better than they were last week. I noticed that um, Arthur's been named at 18 again, so there's no cover for... Hodgson on the bench who played the full 84 minutes last week. So we'll probably get through 80 again this week. Hopefully. And can you can you believe that uh, not one Parramatta player accidentally stood on Cameron Munster's hand in that second half? That's outrageous. Just too nice. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Okay. Uh, we're going to head to the next game. The Broncos have got the Friday night game. 
um, which is a surprise for us all, I'm sure. Um, but it's up against the Cowboys. Kicking off at 8 o'clock. Yeah, interesting game. Um, Payne Haas. I've gone a few stats in this um, this review here. Haas was outstanding, I thought, last week. He scored 79 in 65 minutes, including nine tackle busts, uh, 26 tackles and 18 runs all up. So pretty good output output from Payne. He does usually start the season pretty strong. Then he'll get a niggle or someone will tread on his joggers and he'll shit the bed a bit. So um, I think if you're going to own Haas, now's the time before Origin and before the opportunity for an off-field indiscretion or something like that. So the other bloke um, that really impressed me from the Broncos last week was Carrigan, 74 in 69 minutes, all in base, 48 tackles, 16 hit-ups. Like what a, what a machine and they're all pretty good hit-ups. So I also think Reese Walsh coming back will add a heap of creativity um, to the Broncos that Selwyn Cobbo just didn't really have yet. He's got too many errors in his game, I think, to be even considered um, as a fullback. I know as a part-time Broncos fan, he was very frustrating. Even with Luai being offside, him trying to come back and change arms to palm five metres out from the go out from the their own line when there's three blokes on him, I just think he just needs to learn when to be creative and when to do the heroic stuff and when to just take a tackle. Uh, Cowboys are unchanged, and I've got a few stats around them. A lot of people have um, bought into Reese Robson. He got 74 in 80 minutes, mostly in base. Um, I think he had one try assist. Valentine Holmes, who I know we talked extensively about last week. We didn't have a lot of stats. Well, I've got some stats for you this week, trainer. Um, one try assist, three tackle bust, and 14 hit-ups. So he does bust tackles, take hit-ups, and uh, kicked a few goals and set up a try. So I think he... Could only add a if he added a try to that, he would have been up around that ninety point range, which would have been outstanding in a game where I think they took the foot off the pedal and they got to a lead and then couldn't get the momentum back. The one that I think I'd be concerned if I owned is Scott Drinkwater, fifty nine, um, two tries, one try contribution, two tackle busts. There's not much base there, is there? So I think Scott Drinkwater is somebody who you can only take and hope that the attacking stats continue. And the other one who people have gone Ruben Cotter over, someone like Payne Haas, um, he had 63 points in 67 minutes, so similar minutes to Haas, um, 16 points less, 19 hit-ups, 33 tackles. So I think at the start of the year, they're both going to play similar minutes. I think I'd rather Payne Haas's tackle-busting ability if I'm going to spend about that money that both Cotter and Haas are costing people. Very good. Okay, we're going to move on to Saturday's games. Uh, the Roosters against the Warriors. Well, you wouldn't think the Roosters could be as bad as they were last weekend. Joey Manu comes back into the side, pushing Allen out of the 17 and Hutchison onto the bench. Uh, Lodge is out, um, fractured cheekbone or, or something similar, uh, with Fletcher Baker into the front row. Bradley has been named at 13, but uh, failed his HIA last Sunday. And I think it's with a six-day turnaround, I think that's pretty tight for someone to pass those protocols. So we'll have to just um, wait and see whether he comes through those. The I kind of hope he doesn't because I think I'd rather see the cheese at 13, even though it would mean Turpin would start at nine, which... As a former Broncos player, I'm sure it, it, no one likes that idea. <laughs> it would I don't know leave... if that's what they would do. What else are they going to do? Uh, I mean, they're, they're skinny middle. enough through the middle now, aren't they? They were just exposed last Sunday. They looked once their bench came on through the middle, they just got run all over. Um, so if Lodge is out, if Radley doesn't play, um, we might see Wong. Yeah, I don't know if you'll play through the middle though. No, but they might as, move, as... they might move Egan Butcher to the middle and play Wong on an edge. Yeah, potentially. Uh, and the Warriors, know. the Warriors are unchanged from last week. Uh, it'll be interesting. I think we mentioned it earlier, or I think Guardsy might have mentioned it. Nee Corey <laughs> didn't play very big minutes. Uh, last week, so it'll be interesting to see Ford played 80 minutes, didn't he? Yep. 
um, yeah. whether whether that stays the same. Um, wait and see. We've got a week to to watch and find out, don't we? Yeah, Ford's the big one to watch, I think. And Tohu just keeps on being Tohu no matter how old he gets. Okay. The Dolphins are up in the next game against the Raiders. Uh, yep. The uh, the mighty, mighty Finns. Finns up, eh? What a show. Uh, not too much happening in this one either in terms of changes. Rapana's out because he tried to take a bloke's head off. Um, Twice. Again. Yep. The bloke's a moron. So Albert Hopawati's in the wing there for him. Uh, not really much relevance there. And Ray Stone is out. Mason Teague comes in. What's What, what happened to Ray Stone? Did, Did he... his knee, I think. Oh, again. Yeah, with minimal contact or no contact. Yeah, no contact. Oh, Kept playing, though, so I don't know Jesus if it's as Christ. serious as an ACL. But um, Or Ray Stone is just tougher than Chuck Norris. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully not. I like Ray Stone. He's like a good bloke. I like that he cuts people in half. Any thoughts um, on Harpany's minutes and how he went last week? I think it's a good sign if he doesn't get too many minutes and he drops some value. Yeah, bingo. What's Papa Lee doing? Saw calf or something still? That solo bloke oh, still starting? Old man injury. Yeah. <clears throat> may or may not have a saw calf myself. May or may not be carrying around the same sort of weight as Josh Papali as well. May or may not be about two foot shorter than him too. <laughs> Are you two done? Just trying to make ourselves the funny ones of the uh, funny ones of the podcast, as opposed you to you guys have uh, practiced that on the, the insightful ones, you know. <laughs> yeah, we got we got a bit of feedback last week. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, the Storm play the Bulldogs at seven thirty-five. On Saturday night, the prime time slot. Guardsy. They do. They do indeed. <laughs> can it give us any more? <laughs> he's ex- you can tell he's excited about this game. Listen to him. Uh, obviously, everyone's me and Mad Dog Money, he's out, which is unfortunate. A bit of a sore finger. So, uh, Tyron Wishard gets to start at six, which... Probably isn't a good thing for Melbourne because he's not a very good footballer. Probably living off his father's name, unfortunately. But, you know, anyway, we'll continue on. We won't worry about that. It probably probably means that Jerome Hughes is going to have to do plenty more and Harry Grant's going to have to create some of the attack as well. Maybe even Nick Meany might uh, score a try mm-hmm. or get a try assist. We all know that Nick Meany scores tries and kick goals. Yeah. Proven facts. <laughs> but, uh the Melbourne bench this week, they've they've got the, the four forwards with Garlic, McDonald, Penne and Grant, which you would surely think means Josh King does not play 80 minutes again. I thought it was strange that he played 80 to start with anyway, but um, yeah, you would think with that bench, he's not going to play 80 again and might settle back down into the 60s. And then on the Bulldog side of things, they're pretty much the same. So, yeah, obviously Pele on the bench again. For, he might have a big impact this week and get 10 minutes, but uh, we'll wait and see what happens, you know. In the second half, you, you just got to sit around and wait for him to come on the field. <laughs> I was sitting next to trainer watching this game, uh, watching the Dogs play last week, and, yeah, we were just wanting to know if anyone had even seen him at the ground. But, well, I wasn't too concerned. Trainer, He's a pretty easy trade-out, though. Like, there's got to be someone else who's getting better minutes and even if you trade to someone who's scoring 40 if they're at that base price um, I think it's a pretty easy trade out so that you don't end up with uh, Spencer Lenu or even worse who who would have thought there could be a bloke at front row basement price that could be worse than Spencer Lenu but I think um, the dogs might still have a bit of work to do together Burton was a good miss for those people that like me who had him in at the start of the preseason or not really at the start of the preseason but were Shortlisting him and kick out. I don't know how they didn't really use him like the Panthers did, but let's face it, the dogs aren't the Panthers. Okay, moving on uh, to Sunday's games. The two games on Sunday. Uh, the four o'clock game, the Tigers versus the Knights. In the blockbuster time slot, I would have thought this one would be more in tune for the six o'clock Friday night. Um, but let's have it as our main game on a Sunday. 
Um, Adam Dewey was outstanding last week. Um, one try, try assist, five tackle busts, two force dropouts. You couldn't ask much more from a bloke um, who was, I think he might be the most owned, 5'8", but pretty outstanding. Definite captaincy option this week, but we'll go through those a bit later on. Uh, Stefano was pretty disappointing, 50 minutes for 38 points. Just didn't necessarily get as involved as I'd hoped he would. Um, IPAP, 67 in 80 minutes, five tackle busts, eight offloads. Um, that's exciting to see, and I think once they figure out how they're going to use him best, hopefully he's dropped a bit in price from his 800000 price range down to somewhere in the 600s, and we can cash out one of our cow, like our cash cows and, and bring in IPAP as a season-long keeper. Um, for the Knights, Ponga was 72 with two try assists. Um, all the chat about him, it's only going off because of who he was around that HIA. If you don't grab your head and roll around like a soccer player, you probably don't have to come off. But I don't know. The middles for the Knights were a bit disappointing. There wasn't a lot more to talk about. I don't think Fitzgibbon's going to score a try every week and score 72. And even if he does, he's not a bloke that I want in my team just because his name's Lachlan Fitzgibbon. Um, I'd rather pay up for somebody else than him. Uh, the Knights didn't look terrible. Well, they didn't look as bad as I thought they would, and I think there's some improvement to come. They just probably need to get a bit tougher through the middle is probably how I look at it. I'm really looking forward this week to David Clammer versus the Saifidi brothers. We'll see if the Saifidi brothers have got a bit of toughness about them with Clemmer coming at them. I don't know, I don't know where Paul got... the Knights too. Elliot, not yeah, right. named for the Knights. We didn't get that many minutes anyway last week. I swear Callum Ponga finished on 52 with two try assists. Where did the other 20 come from? Don't know. I don't know, mate. Yeah. No, that was, I was just interested because I, yeah, I thought he finished on 52. You said 72, and I was like, oh, geez. So I'm pretty sure he updated pretty well. Yeah, no, I just unless, checked. He did. He did, yeah. Unless I'm, yeah, I didn't think I was cross eyed. No, no, no. No, wasn't questioning you. I was just. Trying to work out what I missed, but don't know. All right. The last game of the round, Dragons versus the Titans. Saving the best to last two blockbusters on a Sunday evening. Uh, the Dragons didn't get a chance to disappoint their fans last week uh, in coming up with against the bye. Um, no DeBellin named in the Dragons pack this week. He's out with a calf injury. Uh, Jaden Sullivan was named at 5'8", but interestingly, uh, Amone has been cleared by the NRL to resume playing again after being stood down for allegedly chasing a man across a roof with a hammer. Is he allowed to keep training while he's stood down, or does he have to train on his own? No, I think they can train with the team. DeBellin could train with the team while he was stood down, so it's not like he's been sitting around doing nothing, but um, he's named in the on the extended bench, Amone, so it will be interesting to see what they do there, given he was preferred last year. Uh, ben murdoch Masilla named to start in the second row, but as I said, DeBellin was out, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with the makeup of their forward pack when DeBellin comes back in. The other interesting... Selection. They're all interesting selections when uh, Hook puts them together. Is Moses Embi at nine and Little on the bench? I think Embi has played six all through the all through the trials, hasn't he? And now all of a sudden, back to nine you go. That was only because Sullivan was injured during the trials. So I think he was the chat in the preseason was that Sullivan would play over Embi, but now that Sullivan's fit. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do on with the Sullivan Titan and Amone. side of things, uh, there was some talk that Kieran Foran, well, he came off with a, a knock to his knee last week. Uh, there was some talk around today that he was going to miss two to four weeks, but he's been named at 5'8". Toby Sexton is on the extended bench, but I'm sure big David Fafita would love Foran to come up and uh, play again this week. Uh, he looked significantly better outside a half who actually looks like he knows when to give him the ball and put him in a bit of space. So. He only looked half lazy, didn't he? He made heaps more hit-ups than I reckon he's made in any other game for the last two years. So, Yeah, so the 
the Titans, I think, were unchanged from last week. We'll wait and see where the foreign gets up for the game, but he's hoping. This is Haspels. This is We've heard that sound. It only means one thing. He's mid-yawn at the moment, but you're that relaxed, Garzi. Yeah, pretty calm, mate. Pretty calm this week, you know. I've had a gut full of your calmness, mate. You need to fire up right now. Mate, round one, mate. Nothing. Everyone should just be excited. The footy's back. But anyway. Are you saying there's no chin list? No, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a list. There's a list. There better be. The first one is, uh, I, I did call it last week that he would be on the list, and he started strong on Thursday night. Ashley Klein's on the list. The bloke was throwing out soft penalties left and right for freaking Mitchell Moses, who was trying to win a freaking Academy Award for some of his diving. But, you know, anyway. So Ashley Klein's on the list for the first time of many this year, just for being a bold, crappy ref. Bold or bald? Same thing, mate. <laughs> anyway, next. It's uh, the man himself, Mitchell Moses. He's on the list for being an absolute skirt. Just... Absolute soft. The bloke barely got touched every time he kicked the ball and he was carrying on like he'd been shot by someone in the crowd, honestly. I cannot... I just want someone to chin him. It would make... Bit of, bit of Ronaldo special, mate. Oh, honestly, something. The bloke... One of the, one of the penalties, he, he, when he kicked it, and the bloke barely touched him and he dived so good, honestly. Anyway, next one on the list is... Uh, Webster, the Warriors coach, basically because he stuffed me around with Nakore. Honestly, I don't understand what he was thinking. What I don't understand why you take off Nakore to bring Curran on for not even 20 minutes and then put him back on. Honestly, like, no wonder the Warriors are probably going to get the spoon because the bloke's got no idea how to coach. So, And he's a ringer too, so that, that also works against him. They were one of um eight teams that won on the weekend, I think, Guardsy the Warriors. I don't care. <laughs> did, you, did you actually watch the game? No, it's just interesting that you said they're likely to get the spoon. I'm just mate, I've said about four different teams are likely to get the spoon, and there's only one. So oh, I see. Throw enough mud, something will stick. Yeah, bingo. I'll be right at some point. Uh, who's next? Oh, the other man that we are. Uh, we, I did say would be on the list. Jared Sutton's on the list. I think anyone that was watching the uh, Broncos-Panthers game could see that uh, good old Jared ha- had his uh, Panthers jersey on underneath his uh, ref jersey. I don't care what anyone says. Anyone that thinks that he wasn't against the Broncos is kidding ourselves. He tried his best to keep him in the game, and uh, unfortunately the donkeys were too good and stuck it up to the Panthers. So, yeah, cheers, Jared. Cheating dog. Uh, who's next? Oh, here we go. Selwyn, please. No, not the. All right, we'll do him first. Get him. In, get into him. Selwyn Cobbers on the list. I, I think uh, Friday night. I think me and Trainer wrote in the group chat multiple times that Selwyn is not a fullback. He looked like he had not trained or off season. The bloke didn't look fit. That first try, Crichton blew past him. Selwyn looked like he was stuck in the mud. Absolutely. Terrible. I know, trainer, you were filthy at him. On the treadmill. I was actually demanding that we swap him for Herbie. He can go to the Dolphins and we'll keep Herbie. Thank you. Honestly, the bloke, the first, I don't know, first half, he looked like he barely wanted to be there. So pull your finger out, Selwyn. You're back on the wing this week. Where you belong. Do something. Uh, He's one for good old Michael. I know you like this one on the weekend. Uh, I've put uh, the the whole Panthers organization on the list. First, the fans, because every single tackle, they were booing their heads off. I don't know. It was very frustrating. I know that. But uh, it's basically because the Panthers players are entitled sooks as well. And every single one of them is really a bogan hillbilly whose parents probably did meth at some stage of their life too. So, and They do have they, a, a weak gutted dog on their team too. They do have a weak gutted dog too. But honestly, they carry on like self-entitled absolute sooks. And it, mate, it's like, mate, settle down. Your family was on Centrelink for the first 18 years of your life. Your mum and dad have three teeth. 
and you're carrying on like you're from the eastern suburbs because you don't get a call. Pull your head in. Who's next? Uh, Michael Lennis is on the list, boys. I think it's self-explanatory why Michael Lennis is on the list. Every single week he uh, commentates the Broncos game. He just dribbles on about how the other he loves the other team, whoever's playing the Broncos. So Michael Lennis is on the list just because he's an absolute flog. Panthers were down 13-6, to six and he was like, right, they just need to defend well here to win this. And I was like, has this bloke got any idea what he's talking about? I, I think Michael would have cried in the car on the way home because the Broncos beat the Panthers. Good. I hope he cried. And uh, Felice Cafusi's on the list. For tackling too hard? Exactly. That's actually what I've wrote here. He, he, almost, <laughs> killed, he almost killed the cheese. <laughs> and then he almost killed Egan too, which probably didn't really matter in the end because they didn't do much else after he killed him anyway. So I probably would have been happier if he had just killed him. It would have saved me the disappointment of watching him attempt to play football in the second half. So cheers, Felice. And uh, the last one, the Roosters. The Roosters are on the list. I'm I'm not going to swear. I wrote a swear word in my uh, notes. I wrote Roosters, and then I just wrote one word. I think we all know what that word is. Starts with an F, ends in a D. It's what they were. As some might say. Fire trucked? Yeah. I thought it would have started truck. with a C and ended in an E. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. That's how it goes, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, God. Yes, yeah, so cheers, Roosters. You ruined my weekend as well. Is that the end of your list? Yes. Are you forgetting about, are you forgetting about someone else that might have disappointed you in the Titans game? I don't remember. Starts with David and... Foyder. Well, he didn't disappoint me. I disappointed him. I should probably put myself on the chin list for having him in my side and then getting rid of him. So I'm on the chin list too. I, I would have thought you wouldn't have taken responsibility for that. You would have just blamed him. <laughs> I probably should blame him, but, uh, you know, fair play to him. He actually uh, took a couple of hit-ups on the weekend, so I can't. Blame the back row that, got, that did his knee. I can't remember his name. Firmer. Because, yeah, Firma. That's, uh, yeah. that's really hurt right. you because now both, Fifi's on the left. Both Firma, you're on the, you're on the list because of you. So Foyda scored 80-odd. and I Outside look the Foz. I look very silly now, so... Cheers, cheers, Bo, Queensland dog. I also, I also think there's another omission in um, why was Hopgood so good with him sitting on your pine? I would have thought that would have made the list somehow. Look, mate, he's a, he, he's also a Queensland dog. Yes, the Queensland dog. It could have been, in, it could have been a very long list, but uh, you know, each to their own. We gotta, we gotta. Actually, I've got a praise actually as well. One for the praise list. Yuck! I want to it's praise. Uh, I want to praise Ronaldo for scoring ten, because he's going oh. to be at a very very good price by the time Nico returns. So cheers, who, Ronaldo. Who knocked the ball out when he was diving over to score that try? They should be on the Ilias, praise Ilias, list too. Yeah, Ilias, Ilias, good bloke. <laughs> Tell you what, we're all going to have Ronaldo in our team for four hundred k at this rate before Nico returns. How good! Thank you, Gazi. That was an extensive chin list. Um, I know people literally I've had messages this week going who is going to be on his chin list so uh, it's it's a well life segment so if I could I would have have swore a lot more but you know Daniel won't let me that's okay we've got got, it's a family friendly show Um, now DMs with Davo we've had a few DMs a few people sliding on in yeah they've been coming thick and fast uh, after round one um, really great friend of the show, Shooter McGavin, who's in our intro music, um, sends in a couple of questions. His first question is, 46 trades is a lot. Do we think we need to trade hard early to get our team up to scratch or hold off until prices change for round three and beyond? Yes. Trainer, Use them do you have, trade Gazi, them I'm not going to ask you first because I know your answer is just trade at the max full trade time them. until they run Use out. Them. Forty-six is a lot. We've got five trade boosts, which gets rid of fifteen in the first five weeks for Guardsy, and then two every week after that. He'll be out before Origin finishes. So uh, I might defer this question to start with Trainer. Uh well, I have written down something similar to what Guardsy was yelling out. 
about trading, uh, not quite as recklessly as him. Hopefully after this week, if you don't have any major injuries or major you know, things where someone you thought was going to play 80 has only played 20 or 30 or whatever, if there's no major concerns, just try and sit tight this week. And then once we get a better understanding of exactly what's going to happen, we've got uh, another score to work off. We can see some real break-evens and really see where the money's going to go. Then I reckon it's a good strategy to use a boost next week if you need to. Try and bring three in because you're going to have more information, more knowledge, and you can make a more educated decision. Um, in saying that, it is good to go hard early, uh, build that bank, use your boost if you need. Um, it was it was a pretty solid strategy last year. And as I said last week on the pod with the BBL Supercoach as well, going hard nice and early, building that bank um, so you can get the more expensive players in sooner than other people. Um, yeah, really prioritise building the money. And, and yeah, if you need to, get into those trades. I also think it's a good strategy to wait, like you said, a week if it's not pressing. I'll give an example. Um, what's Pele's first name? Is it Franklin? Franklin. Why would I have a bloke in my team named Franklin to start with? But I'll use him as an example. Franklin Pele scoring eight. If he comes out and plays 20 minutes and still only scores 25, and Mawali, if you don't have him, comes out and scores 45 in 50 minutes or whatever he got last week, that's a really good example of you could wait this week because the points aren't necessarily going to kill you because you probably shouldn't be playing either of them. They're not going to get um, – their price doesn't rise. And you get an opportunity to look at Mawali. If you trade this week, Mawali could get injured and then you've made a trade and then you've got to trade again. So you're wasting a trade. So you, you want to be sure that the person that you're trading is going to be making money, playing round three, particularly if you're, they're not going to be someone in your starting 17. I'll give you a, another example where you might trade. If you've got someone struggling or if you have a manly player that you didn't like the look of in the first week, they're on the buy this week and you might try and set up your team if you've got four or five trades you want to make over the next two weeks, that's when I'd be trading hard this weekend, next week. So it depends on the circumstance, but I agree with trainer. You need to trade hard to get good money-making value in your team. Just be careful not to go too hard too early and make sure that the people, your cash cows in particular, who could perform poorly this week and not even get to round three. That's um, right, yeah. Bryce Carr, for example. Them. Yeah, if he does a heart ledge like usual, he got 60-odd or whatever, played 80, beautiful, good on him, great. Put him straight in the watch list. Don't yeah. buy him this week. Just hang tight. Make sure he gets through and he's actually going to make you some cash before you bring him in. Jackson Ford's another good example of that one. Yep. If he gets yep. 80 minutes again for for the Warriors and he's scoring pretty well and you can see that he's going to – because you wouldn't play him this week anyway, most likely against the Chooks. So you get another free look at him without having to do it. So if, you, if you've only got two or three spots that you think you need to improve or you, you didn't quite get those cheapies or middies right, I would sit tight this week, save my trades, and then boost next week. Mark, thoughts? I did a bit of reading today. No stats. I'm not into the stats like you, but um, I read an interesting trade strategy that I don't necessarily agree with, which the guy called the rolling gun strategy. So this week, say, Trebojevic is on the buy. He's going to trade Trebojevic out to bring another gun in somewhere, but you've got to burn more than one trade because, I mean, you're not necessarily going to bring another gun in in fullback because then, you know, Cleary's out round three, so he's going to trade Cleary out so that he doesn't have a gun sitting on his bench. He thinks it's value to his team having a scoring gun or, or that additional scoring gun than other people. And um, as I say, I don't necessarily agree with it. I get the theory of it, but you're burning a lot of it's not simply one trade every week that's more than one trade it could be if you've set your team up with dual position players so if you've got someone like chance in the center wing you could get rid of Travojevic this week put the put chance down to fullback and then bring in one of those gun center wings with a good matchup and then when they're on the bye you could get rid of them and then move chance around from fullback and bring Travojevic back in or something around that sort of uh that way so it's not as silly as it kind of sounds but i think it's a bit risky we talked as a bit of a joke around and i mean it wouldn't have worked this week but playing the fullback and the halfback from the teams that play against the dolphins when we thought they'd be rubbish but you know what sort of footy analysts are we when the dolphins came out and smashed them anyway so 
but it, I, I don't think it's a terrible strategy because it's he's right. If you've got a gun sitting on the bench in a buy and you can willing to trade them out, I guess your only risk there is injuries could curtail that strategy and you'd burn through a lot of your boosts and stuff to make it happen. But All right, the next question from Shooter. AKP, did he even make a hit up? He made a couple, but is anyone concerned about having him in their team? Guardsy, thoughts? No, he's he's obviously going to be someone that you play during matchups. Obviously, you're not going to play him against probably the gun teams, but if you think he's a chance of scoring a try against an average team, play him. But otherwise, no. He's obviously not going to be a base machine that's going to pump out the hit-ups. So, yeah, he's someone that you're going to have to just decide if it's worth playing or not. Yeah, Anyone clearly a very, yeah, a very risky a risky play because you can see he doesn't have that any base really. Um, but yeah, anyone playing this week against the Dragons? I will be playing him against the Dragons. He's going to score three. Okay. Who yeah, he probably will because I don't think I'm going to play him. Definitely in then. Yeah, this yeah, is but... classic trainer playing for the six. Don't play him for the hundred and ten. I think six. it actually. Oh, I think oh, it went sorry. down to five. He scored five, mate. Don't oh, give sorry. Him extra point. Save the points till this week. <laughs> All right. I think that's um pretty clear that I think he's matchup, but I would have thought a matchup against the Tigers might have been not a bad one as well. But anyway. Thanks, um, Shooter. Yeah, thanks, Shooter. We've got some questions here from a, a new listener who's back to Supercoach after about eight years away. Um, I've dubbed him Rookie Kev. Um, he said, I've picked up Hopgood after starting with Kickow. Any other second row forwards we might suggest? So another guy that missed the missed the Hopgood 100 last week, but I think Hopgood's going to be pretty good. Um, Mark, what are your thoughts on this one? There's the, the guys we've discussed earlier tonight, forward from the Warriors. He's one who is a cheapie. You can, as we say, you can probably have a look at these guys this week. Um, depends who else is in the team. I mean, if he's got kick out and he's gone to Hopgood. He's got some cash there. I mean, who are his second row guns? I mean, Cameron Murray is is a bloke who I think you probably want to have in your second row. He's matchup proof. Um I'm pretty he, sure I'm pretty sure he might have um Egan Butcher as well. Uh, well he, he could have a lot of spare cash next week if the Roosters uh go the same way, don't Fafita is another guy. We've talked about it. Um, he's got that attacking upside, and he looks like outside of Kieran Foran this year that he might realise a bit more of that attacking upside a bit more consistently. Tohu Harris looked pretty good on the weekend too. He's another you could always look at. He looks like he's just going to pump out the stats. I'd probably rather have him in front row than second row, but he might have jewels. I don't know his team. Uh, Teague Wilton's another one. And then Cheaper, Cardi, Dory. And if you're really brave, Willie Army, I suppose. Yeah, Willie Army looked all right. I think he scored 48 in the centres. Yeah, dual position, centre wing to yeah. RF. There's not a lot of dual positions at the moment, so it's probably a hard one, isn't it? Because in the past oh. you've had that, you've really wanted that flexibility, but they've clamped down on the dual positions a bit this year. Um, I guess that segues into his next question. Any tips on centre wing with upside? Um, definitely not AKP. Well, he's probably actually got upside on his five from last week. So that could be one. Um, Dan, you got any thoughts on centre wings or you want to be left out of this still? Oh, I think, yeah, we we sort of talked. Val, I think, is he's my guy. But um, Nick Manny scored well last week. Probably gonna may have a bigger role this week. Um, creative. Wisel for the next few weeks while Munster's out. Um, Ruben Garrick. Yeah, he's the big one for me. Yeah, out this week. So um, I think you can have a bit of a look. You've got an extra week on him now, which is a positive. You can try and which get Which is a positive. Cash. Yep. Yep. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know how Norfolk scored last week. He looked pretty busy. Like, I haven't I even know. looked at Norfolk Didn't look at Norfolk but. No. Anyone know what Norfolk Luma scored? Anyone have an all? The didn't score any tries. I, I actually am really keen to watch Joey Manu this week. I kind of hope he goes okay, but not sensational because I'd need him to drop from 
what is he, 800 and something, it'd be nice to get him in a couple of weeks down around that 600, 700,000, something like that. So, yep, he can just stink it up till Origin and then this year I might actually get on. No, please don't. You're ruining <laughs> Yeah. Nopolino scored 47 last week. So. Yeah, I had exactly what you guys have all said Garrick, Manu, Meany, and Holmes. Uh, those guys with a strong base, plus really having that good upside. Yeah, so there's good questions. And I mean, they're questions that someone who hasn't played Supercoach for a long time probably doesn't consider. They just see the big names of the superstars and they they go in there. But I think it's important to have a look at um, stats and uh, value and what they scored last year. You Um, would say it's important to look at stats, mate. Yeah, no, it's very important. Um, He uh, also asks, started with Appy and have since traded in Harry Wood... Would you go Max King? I don't know if he means Max King or Josh King after his first week. Would either of you go either of the Kings with the money that he's got left over from his kick out down to Hopgood trade, knowing that he's also used that money to go Appy to Harry, which wasn't that much anyway? No. Nah, Max King offers absolutely nothing. He's peaked from last year. No value, no upside. And Josh King... Scored really well last week, played 80, but I can't see that continuing, if I'm honest. If he does, I mean, sure, he's he's a, he's a handy pickup, potentially. Um, but, yeah, they got Tarek Sims and Kamekameka to come back through that middle rotation, so it's going to be a fairly big watch there. I wouldn't be jumping on early. Anyone else? Thoughts on that one? Trainer said it. Perfect. All right, perfect. Well done, trainer. Um, now, here comes the uh, the greatest segment of the week or the greatest part of DMs with Dave and the one that Gardzi looks forward to the most. Questions from our great <laughs> mate, Dom from Broken Hill. I just heard your eyes roll to the back <laughs> of your head. I'm going to start this. Um... Get a job, you bum. <laughs> here's, here's Dom's first question. If Cleary scores poorly again, is it worth trading him? Are potential points more important than guaranteed value drop at the beginning of the season? Guardsy, you want to start? Yeah, do it. I'll play out Cleary, please. Do it. Bring any lists. That's all he's getting from me. Okay, anyone got a serious response to this one, Mark? I wouldn't be trading Cleary out. Just You know what you're going to get. He might have a couple of bad weeks, um, but he didn't play any trials. He scored, you know, he scored he, 53 and did nothing. So, and they only scored 12 points. Exactly. Penrith you know, start winning games again, which they will inevitably do in the coming weeks. Um, oh, I'd be holding on to him. No thoughts of trading him out um, with the buy coming up? Trainer? Uh, it's not the stupidest question. Like Initially, it sounds like a really dumb question, but there would be some merit to it, especially if he's going to hemorrhage cash and with the buy coming up. The Panthers, if you watch the Panthers play, A, in the World Cup, World Club Challenge, whatever it's called, and then last week against the Broncos, they are not the same team as last year. They don't have Appy and they don't have Kickout, and there's a huge difference, um, especially just getting their sets off to the start. I banked on about this a heap last year. Just They shift the ball to Kickout, they get that one quick ruck speed, and they roll off the back of it. That's not happening anymore. Garner doesn't offer that. Neither is Liam Martin. Um None of their middles. Leota was going all right, but he's not a superstar. So I don't know if he's going to go as well as he did last year. But in saying that, I had written down exactly what you guys all said. He scored 50, did nothing. So it's a tough one. But Is it, is it worth watching? When do they have their by? Round three. Three. So who did, who did Manly play with how good Cherry Evans looked? Like he, I don't know. It, what's, what's the points versus... Um, and then get him back. Like then you can trade someone else out. Nico, it's reported isn't due back till round five. I imagine he mightn't hit the ground running. Then they have the buy in round six, so he's probably not a buy till round seven or eight anyway. So if you depends who you're running as your other halfback, I reckon. I agree with Matt. It's not a sillier question. It's probably one of Dom's more well thought out questions, and that's not having a shot at him because I do love that he just stirs guardsy up with some of his questions. But that one's actually giving me a bit of food for thought on how I might play this with some strategy. Um, I'm a chance of selling Cleary if he doesn't. Like, if he 
scores 50 or 60 again this week, I think I'll have to look seriously at whether I am going to sell him in round three yeah, yeah. on their if buy. He scored, yeah, if he has another bad score this week, you're right. It's probably smart to trade him for the buy, get someone else in, get, get that cash in the bank. It'd be, it'd be a lot more viable if Nico was playing and you didn't have him because you could just jump from one to the other. If he, you know if what he I mean? scores if he scores fifty again this week, well, how much cash is he going to lose? Fair bit. But yeah. in saying that, he'll come back and play para off the buy on the week that he makes cash. He's just as likely to come out, and if he's got a break even of one hundred and sixty, oh, get it. The para pessimist. Carry on. Para are half on. decent. Mate, please have you have a look at he his might, record against the men. He, he, he might speed up someone and get sent off. Yeah, well, that's that's true. Hopefully, that's the only way we're going to win. But uh, yeah, right. That's. I think we've answered that question and given you some food yep. for thought. I don't know whether we've been um, 100% certain, but I guess it's a question that you can't answer with any certainty um, as such. His next question, who do the Shepherds have on their buy radar? So that's B-U-Y. Radar going into round two, players that receive more minutes or more ball than they anticipated. I'll start. The one that's definitely going onto my buy radar is Jackson Ford. I think everyone should be looking at him 80 minutes on an edge. At the Warriors, Sean Johnson didn't look terrible. I don't think they're on the same side, but it still adds to that team if Sean Johnson's doing okay. Sean Johnson scored 74. So everyone was talking about Ponga having a pretty decent game, but Sean Johnson may be the forgotten man after so many years of injury-riddled seasons. I don't think I could go there because I'd be too worried that he's going to do his calf or his groin or his hamstring or his shoulder or his something. I don't know. So, um, yeah, Jackson Ford's the one for me. Anyone else got anyone different? Mark, you got anyone different? No, he's the cheapie that I don't have in the second row. So he will be, he, he's the one on my radar. So I've got Butcher and Katoa from the Storm. So potentially whichever one of them is not performing to that price will probably get traded down to, to Jackson Ford come next week. Trainer? I know you've got a great uh, watch list happening. Uh, yeah, looking at it here. I've got a, got a few. Bryce Cartwright, I think. He mainly got 60 last week, 59 at 234K. Played the whole game. Why not? Uh, Sean Lane's out till week six or seven or eight or something. Tohu Harris Sean, has to be on Sean Lane out that long? Uh, I think there was talk. Week four, round three four. Three or four. Might miss three Oh, that's weeks. soon, week four. Yeah. Ah, right. I wouldn't disregard that then. If he's going to be back that soon. Uh, Teague Wilton is another one. If you don't have Teague, played 80. The bench structure for the Sharks this week says he's going to play 80 again. You get Nico Hines rolling back into that team. There's, their draw softens up. I had a bit of a look to Savo. He's one I'm definitely eyeing off to get in. Um, got 66 last week and did four-fifths. Scored a try, didn't he, last week, though? Yeah. Did he score a try? I don't think so. Yeah, he did. Oh, he did score sure. a try. Scored a try. Yeah. Oh, true. Well, I have clearly haven't researched as well as I should have. All right, that'll do. Keep going. It's all right. We'll cut that bit out. No, leave it in. We're going live. <laughs> all right. The last question is aimed particularly at Guardsy, so no one else can answer. Is it too early to enough? I told him to do it at the start of the season. He didn't listen to me, obviously. So you're an he idiot. Could be in, he could be in the the top list. Like he could be up in the top thousand if he nuffed like a lot of those people in the top. Yeah, the guy coming out. first got five nuffs and about four manly players, I think. Exactly. So he's in a world of hurt this week. But yeah, he'll take it? his he'll take his two grand and probably go to the Mount Druitt pub with his four teeth. Drink his schooners through a straw, allegedly. <laughs> That's that's all the questions this week for DMs with Davo. Hey, captaincy options this week. Uh, Mark, we might start with you, man. A couple of VC options for me. Tedesco surely can't go as badly as last week. And Harry Grant, I think, is another VC option for me with Munster out. He will have to potentially take on, I think we mentioned it earlier, a bit more of that creative load down at Melbourne. Who are they playing? The Bulldogs. So the, dogs. The, the Bulldogs weren't that flash last week. So Harry could have a big night out. 
What's the magic number? What's the VC number to loop? 100. <laughs> Did you just have a stroke? Allegedly. <laughs> not, not, oh. not a stroke of the good kind, like an actual stroke where half your face drops. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you get Crown Pereira getting friggin' five, it needs to be about 140. Yeah, hey, if you well, play him, it's not a bad loop. That's right. My captaincy option this week is Dewey against the Knights. He scored very well last week. He did get a try, but he's coming up against the Knights. He could pick himself up three or four. All right, Garzi. Yeah, look. I, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't done any research on my vice captains or captains. <laughs> just, looking through the, just looking through the team, the game's going on right yeah, now. I'll, I'll, I'll go first if you want. I'll no, be I'm just going to throw so. some stuff at the wall and hopefully it sticks. Right. Get into a son. I'm looking at this. I think Val might be a decent VC option against the Broncos. Usually Broncos-Cowboys is a high-scoring game. We usually both score some points, so Val could be an option there. Otherwise, I'll be looking, yeah, at probably... Teddy as a VC, but if if I VC Val, I'll captain Teddy. I'm going to stick strong with him again. Otherwise, yeah, I'm probably going to look at either Dewey or I might pot it and go uh, AJ Brimson because I don't have a Uh Davo, I think I'm going to go give Teddy another chance. He'll be my VC this week. And I'm going to captain Dewey because I just love watching him play. I liked watching him the other day. And I think he's a pretty solid option. He should score pretty well. Scores, tries, kick goals. Trainer? Uh, VC, Cleary or Teddy? Captain Teddy, Grant, Meany, Fafita, Dewey, someone. Got some options. We are asking you who the someone's going to be. Like, oh, you want you want my exact answer? I don't have an exact half, answer. You've named half. It'll be team. it'll be one of those twenty four blokes you just named. Well, there's only two. It's probably it's probably likely just, just to be Cleary and Teddy, but I don't know. If you surely you would not have the nuts this early in the year to do Nick Meany. Do it. <laughs> Get some doggies, maybe. I, I can't believe none of you are captaining for Foida against the Dragons. Unbelievable. Yeah, but four is out. Yeah, that, I, I that just hurts. And it's the last game, so it's a bit it too hard matter. to watch. Well, it does. It, does. It, it actually does. Did I, you watch him play last year? You're forgetting I don't I don't own him. He's gonna score 140. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't actually he actually doesn't know that you don't own him. He does. I, he listens. Unless you send him a telegram, oh. I'm not unless you send him a telegram <laughs> oh, with Dane Gagai in the in the Dan Cave. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dan, who are you going? So I have my VC on Cam Murray. Plays early. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to burn my VC on Thursday night. And I'm sticking solid with Tedesco. Let's hope he scores at least 52. (laughs) Beats his 51 (laughs) from last week. Oh, jeez. So there we go. Yeah, actually, did he go down? I was waiting for a few unicorns, but he... That was terrible. All right, so we've got rid of the two small-handed freaks after a couple of technical issues. I think the heat might get the better of us. So we're just going to do a quick sit versus start, just Mark, myself, and Dan, um, mainly around who we think is going to score the most so we can maximise the points of our 17 players. Manly players are out this week, so it means I've taken the reserve off Tom Travojevic and pushed it up to Teague Wilton, who I didn't play last week. Um, but my main area of interest is around that centre wing spot and trying to get those cheapies and the mid-price guys the best in the in the positions against their opposition this week. Um, Taruva, I think, still could go okay, so I'm probably going to play him. Um, Isaac Thompson, I wasn't overly impressed with last week, but playing against the Panthers, that's one that I'm probably going to sit and put Talau in, who's playing against the Knights. And I think I'm going to give either AKP another chance against the Dragons or Will Warbrick a chance against the dogs. So it's still, that'll be a 50, 50 call and one that I'll probably toss up with toss around um, most of the weekend. Mark, what are your thoughts? Very similar. Um, I didn't play Katoa from the storm last week, so he will probably get the reserve spot from Travojevic, but it, it is about trying to get those matchups right in the center wing position. I will probably play 
Khan Pereira against the Dragons, who weren't noted for their defense last year. Khan Pereira got those four tries in a tries in the trial game. It was only a trial game, but he can find the try line, pace to burn. So he is a chance of picking up a couple of tries against the Dragons down that left-hand side, especially four in plays for feeder went well. Sammy got a try inside him last week. Just needs a bit of luck, I think, to to get a couple of tries against the Dragons. Well, he's certainly not going to do it in hit-ups, is he? No, no, he's not going to score his points in hit-ups. The other one that you mentioned, or the other two that you mentioned, uh, Warbrick against the Bulldogs, who leaked some points last week against Manly. Um, out there with Jerome Hughes. With Munster out, you'll think the attack will predominantly go through Jerome Hughes rather than Wishart for the Storm. So Warbrick is a chance out there to pick up a try or two and Talao against the Knights. Um the Knights are not, again, another de- noted defensive side. Um, he is, again, a chance of picking up some tries. You just need to, as I say, to get those matchups right. You need a bit of luck to pick up a couple of tries, but that's what they're there for, these backs, is to score tries. You've got to try and get them at the right time, don't you? Yeah, I missed out on the Hopgood time last week. I mean, it cost me 47 points because I played Katoa instead. Um, so this week I want to try and make sure I get my forward selection right. Um, so obviously Hopgood, I'll be playing him, but yeah, where I'm going to sort of see if I can make up a little bit of ground is maybe playing big Steph against the Knights, as, as Mark said. Not known for their defence and they look pretty uh, weak through the middle last week. So um, yeah, Hopefully the Tigers can get some points through the middle and Big Steph can go over for a try. He is renowned as a bit of a try scorer and the Knights might be a team that he can score a try against. So not a bad shout there. Um, it, it is an interesting one and one that can make a massive difference. A lot of people that I spoke to said they didn't quite get it right in round one and they've cost themselves anywhere between 50 and 80 points. 50 and 80 points in the beginning of the year probably puts you 10 to 15,000 spots higher up in the, in the order. So... Hopefully we can get it right round two and hopefully we've steered you into some decisions and some thinking that will get you the maximum points for your team. Thanks for listening uh, this week. Ta-ta and farewell.